0: Welcome to the Redeemed Evangelical Commission, Tram Atlanta. This is a place where we gather together in quality praise and worship of the true and living God, equipped with the world of God for growth and fellowship with one another. God bless you as you listen to this message. Once we go over them today, I believe that God will finally let us open up and really be able to walk in the dominion that he's given to all of us. So I want to start off with the first message. It's called, one way for us to really allow God to help us be who he called us to be is by reading the word. So I want us all to go to Psalms chapter 32 verse 8. Are we there all right and it says I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go I will counsel you who are willing to learn with my eye upon you this verse is very important to how we really tap into who God calls us to be because it tells us that we're not alone and that's a lot of that's a lot of what especially the youth I know is struggling with. We're always looking for ways for us to not be alone and we're always thinking that we're by ourselves and whenever we're going through anything that we're alone, that we don't have anyone, but God's here telling us that I'm here to help you, that you will never be alone. From the day you were created to this very second, he's still right here holding your hand in everything. And then I wanna take us to Matthew chapter four, verse four. And it says, but Jesus replied, it is written, and forever remains written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So during this, in this part of Matthew, this is where Jesus was tempted by Satan in the the wilderness, I believe. So now Satan was just like you're the son of God, like, you can literally do anything, can't you just make yourself food, like, why are you even sitting here starving yourself, you're wasting your time, so he was just like, just make yourself some bread, like, what, like, you can, you could do that, like, you have the power to do it, but Jesus is just like, it's not just the physical that we need to be worried about, it's the spiritual as well, and the spirit, the word of God is our spiritual food, that's how we nourish our spirit man that's how we're able to function in the power that's how we're able to walk in authority if our if the condition of our spirit is poor we won't be able to produce the fruit that God called us to produce and if we can't produce the fruit that God called us to produce how can other people taste and see that the Lord is good so it's important that we're nursing ourselves with the word of God you can work out all day, all week, 25-8, all week, all days, even more on top of that, and your spirit could still be weak. It could still be prone to attack. You would be easy prey to the enemy, so we need to make sure that we're healthy in the spirit as well as in the physical so we can do God's will and be who he called us to be. So the next part of this sermon I want to talk about on how God helps us be who he called us to be is by having love. So when we say have love, what does love look like? When we, when we hear the word love, what do we think of? What, what do we, is it something tangible? Is it something we feel? Is it something we think? Is it something we act on? But let's see what God says. So I want to take us to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting from verse 1. I'll be going from verse 1 to verse 8. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love for others growing out of God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. So I believe we're all well into our walk with Christ. So I know that at some point in our life, we've encountered someone who's able to speak in tongues from 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. the next day. people who will sit here and shout down God himself from the heavens. But they have no love, so they're just bothering him. They're just being noisy to his ears. He's not hearing what they're saying. Amen. So we have to make sure that love is in our hearts when we speak. Like I remember pastor saying that it's not just what we say, like we can say we can recite Bible verses all day long. It's not just that. It's also what's here, what's in our heart that will combine with what we're speaking to be able to produce the power that God told us we can. So we need to make sure that love is in our heart so that when God's hearing us speak, he's also hearing the love that's coming from right here as well. I want to skip down also to verse four, actually. That's what I want to do. And it says, Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful, and it is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag, and is not proud or arrogant. So all the people who claim to love everyone, but when your neighbor gets a brand new car, they'll just be looking at them like, hmm, What did they even do to get this type of car? Like, I don't even, mm, I don't know. That's jealousy. We cannot have an envious or jealous spirit because love and jealousy cannot coexist in the same body. You have to pick one. So we need to make sure that we have to be, we have to really be settled in who we are and who God says we are. And he says that we are to have love for our neighbor. No matter how rich they are, no matter where they are in their life, and no matter where you are either, because God's taking us all to great places, so we have to be very settled in what he says. And then in verse 5 it says, It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive, and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. I really like this verse because this is something God, I, gen- I generally believe God was hammering into my own spirit because, you know, we're all human beings. We all have the emotions God has given us, and he teaches us how to regulate them. But of course, we still fall short from time to time. And one thing that I noticed that he really was trying to explain to me is that love is not overly sensitive. Like, one thing my father also taught me is that as you go through life, people will say things to you or do things to you that will bother you. People will might hurl an insult at you, whether they mean it or whether they don't mean it. And as Christians, we have to really be able to regulate how we respond, because we're not just representing ourselves, we're representing Christ. So we have to make sure that we're really adhering to his word. And also I want to add, when people insult you, and you're just trying to walk in the way of the Lord, they're not really insulting you, they're insulting God. And God takes it very personally when people stand against His children, so it's not, it's not your fight, just even just relax, because God's going to handle it for you. That's right. In verse six, it said, "It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with truth when right and truth prevail." This one is a very important verse because I see a lot of people fall into the pit of this where whenever, let's say you're in an argument with somebody or you and someone are in a disagreement or you're not on the best terms and let's say oh, it gets out that the person that you were arguing with was, like, or lying about you or anything, and then you're just sitting there, yes, they're finally getting what they deserve, and everyone's finally, like, you can't, we're not (laughs) supposed to do that. We cannot rejoice in the demise of those who stand against us. Instead, we're to pray for them, that they come back to Christ, and that they turn from being our enemies to being our brothers and sisters. And then in verse 7, it says, Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, and endures all things without weakening. Love never fails, it never fades or ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away, as for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. And I really love how, like, I think Paul is the one who wrote Corinthians. I love how he tied that together um, at the end. Because it says, all of these things that we think are so amazing. Oh, this person, they speak the language of the angels. And there, this person has the power of prophecy. They can see things that haven't happened yet. Like, they have all of these cool different gifts that the spirit gives. But God's even saying through Paul that love is going to outlast all of those things. As amazing as you think they are, love is the most important. And I really like that. And I think that in order for us to be who God has called us to be, that we have to be able to have this love. Because it's also this love that other people who don't know Christ are going to experience through us. This is how people are drawn to us. This isn't a love that we created. It's a love that God has given to us, and through us it touches all the other people who he wants to touch. So we have to be able to be that vessel for Christ so that the love that pours out from heaven can come through us and touch everyone. So the next point I wanna make on how God helps us be who he called us to be is with the Holy Spirit and i really want to hone in on how important this this specific section is because i do not believe a lot of christians really know like who the holy spirit is and the role of the holy spirit in our lives and in our walk with christ so when we say holy spirit holy ghost fire fire of the holy spirit who 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 are we talking about who is that so i want to take us to john chapter 14 verse 16 to 17 All right, so this is Jesus speaking. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, a helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take into its heart, because it it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. And I love how this ties back to the beginning point of how God already told us we would never be alone. Even this was in Psalms, the Old Testament. This was before Jesus even came. And it just shows to how um, Pastor Chi was speaking this morning that when God sends forth his word, it has to be completed. So when God told us, it doesn't matter how long ago the Old Testament was written, he said we would never be alone. And here he is fulfilling his promise right here in John, sending the Holy Spirit, even after Jesus would ascend into heaven. Saying that we're going to have the Holy Spirit. Because he didn't want to leave us as orphans. He wanted us to have the helper, the counselor, the advocate, the intercessor. To be working with us, fellowshipping with us. Teaching us how to walk in the way of Christ. Even though Jesus wouldn't be physically here with us at that moment. So now I also want to skip down to 26. And it says... But the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, stand by the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. So I really want to hone in on these traits of the Holy Spirit, because he really is the one that's going to teach us how to walk in the way of the Lord. Because Jesus was on earth for, I think, 33 years. He was on earth for 33 years. It's a lot that he covered, but I believe he sent the Holy Spirit to cover everybody's individual walk. So we go through things. Everybody's life is different. Everyone has different struggles. Everyone has different situations that they go through that are personal to God's plan in their life and just how human nature starts to happen. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is there to help us navigate it all in the way that the Lord has designed for us to live. And since since he's here, we ought to acknowledge him. We ought to give him that role in our life. The role as the comforter, the role as the helper, and all of the things that Jesus told us he would be for us. So then, the next thing I wanna talk about is, what is the evidence of the Holy Spirit? How do you know, like when you meet somebody, how do you know that they have the Holy Spirit? Cuz as children of God, we all have access to him. That's something that was given to us through salvation. We all have him. So, how do you know that when you're speaking to somebody that it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit influencing their speech, influencing their behavior, their thought process, everything they say? So, I want to take us to Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23. All right. So it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. So specifically, I want to talk to all the children of God watching and all the children of God in the house right now. I genuinely believe that we have some of these traits, but not all. So let's work on trying to get all. So I want to talk about, let's go down the list, love. We already discussed love and the importance of how we need to love others and how we need to absorb God's love. And then joy. We all love feeling joy. Who doesn't like being happy, you know? So we love giving God the praise whenever he does something in our life. And even when we're just existing in his presence, like we even love to praise him. So joy, I believe we have that inner peace. I like, I want to hone in on this topic of inner peace. I definitely believe that there are some children of God who are just so worried about the what course their life is going to go into, how they're going to pay the next bill when the next job is going to come from, where their spouse is, what condition of their children, where where they are in their walk with Christ. And I want to just say, these are all things that the Holy Spirit is capable of handling. That's why he's here. So we have to really, I think Jesus said, cast all your anxieties, all your worries onto me, for I care for you. So these are all things that you need to give to God. Like I think it's also Jesus who said, no man lengthened their life by an hour by worrying. You have to really open yourself up to give all, lay them all at his feet so he can take them from you. That way you're not weighing yourself down and you'll have that inner peace. Because holding on to all those things will just start a war within yourself. And then that same war that's in there will start to display itself in how you interact with people, how you even reflect your thoughts of your own father, God, in heaven. You'll start to even say things. I think it was a pastor who was saying like, if you agree with your situation, you'll start to speak. You you will start to agree with the enemy. You'll start to agree with what he's telling you, because it would just be like, oh, if you're worried about your walk, your children's walk with Christ, you'll be like, oh, your children are lost. The world has them. They'll, be, they'll never be able to find Christ. You, just, they're just, you can't agree with those thoughts. You have to lay them. Lay your children at the feet of the Lord. He's the one who gave them to you. They're not even your children. They're God's children. <laughs> like, They're fine. Give them to the Lord, and they'll be okay. And patience. So let's talk about patience. But the Bible, I want to talk about how the Bible says it. It says not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. I think it was also Pastor that referenced that whenever we ask God to do something for us and it hasn't manifested immediately, we're really quick to just give up and just be like, well, I guess God didn't want to do it. I guess God just forgot about me. I guess God just doesn't care about what I'm going through. And that's not true. When God is not speaking, he's also speaking. And one thing that really stuck with me about that was that when God doesn't say anything or it seems like he's not speaking to you about whatever you're talking to him about, he just—it just means he's moving. It means he's doing whatever you're asking him to do. So in that moment, give him the praise. Just begin to thank him before it even manifests. Tell him that you're grateful for what he's doing, and then—and then you'll see the—you'll see the result. And then patience also, in how we talk to others. Parents, parents, parents. This also—be patient with your children. Some of them haven't even been on earth long enough for you to be mad at them about what they do. (laughs) Please, you have to be patient with them. They're still learning. They're still walking with God. Everybody's at a different place. So please, you have to respond with care. Sometimes I know we might annoy you so much, but you still have to, you know, just channel. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. (laughs) Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the patience to be able to, you know, talk to them and walk with them and teach them because we're not unteachable. You might be annoying, but we're not unteachable. (laughs) And then kindness, how we talk to others. I really want to talk about how we interact with others, people who know Christ and people who don't know Christ. We shouldn't be kind to people, oh, because we see them in the church every day, or we see them holding a Bible. That just should warrant us to be kind. We should be kind to all people, even people who don't know Christ. If anything, one thing I noticed that I really like to do when I meet people who are not really either grounded in the word or don't know God, I even like to sprinkle even more kindness to them just so they can really feel what we feel every day. We feel God's kindness in us. We feel his gentle, I think Jesus said he has a gentle response when we pray. Like I, those are the main things I really want people who don't know Christ to feel from me because that's what he showed me, you know. So let's do our best to be kind to others. And self-control. Self-control is something that is very important in the life of believers because I generally believe the enemy likes to weaponize our own nature against ourselves. And self-control is something that human beings struggle with. And we really need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us because it's very easy to be provoked. It's very easy to just have that switch flipped especially since everyone's trigger is different. Some people really just don't like when people disagree with them. And then that makes them just boil and just rage. And you can't respond like that as children of God. Because like I said, we're not just representing ourselves, we're representing Christ. So there will be times where you really want to just give some body pepper for real, but you cannot do that. You have to even just flip it and give them love instead so they can quench that flame. So I want to actually go back up to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, and this will help us with the next point that says, how does God help us do all of these things that he just told us that we need to have, that the Holy Spirit will help us? How is he going to do that in our lives? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. For the sinf- I'm going to read 17 as well. For the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things that you want to do. So this kind of just goes into what I was saying. There will be times where we really want to just give people what they deserve, or we really just want to act out of our own thoughts or out of our own emotions. And since we have the Holy Spirit, he's going to be the one to help us restrain ourselves. Because it's not by our own power. We don't do anything in this walk with Christ by our own power or by our own knowledge. It's God that gives us the strength. He's the one that gives us the wisdom. He gives us the ability to do any of the things that he's called us to do. So we really have to tap in on the Holy Spirit. If you think that you're a person who is prone to anger, the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help you be more peaceful. If you think you're a person that's prone to having hatred for people, I don't even like that word, but hatred for people, he's the one that's going to replace that hatred with love. He's the one if you know that you're um, a wild spirit <laughs> that you can't be tamed, he's the one that's going to tame you and give you that self-control. So, it's really imperative that we lean on the Holy Spirit, especially in these areas that we are weak because I think it was it was also Jesus I think that said that his power is made greatest in our weakness. So, it doesn't even if you think you're weak it's not a bad thing to acknowledge that you're weak because that's where God's going to come and help you. One thing I've learned with my own personal walk with Christ is that God cannot heal what you don't reveal. If you don't tell him that there's something wrong, if you don't go to him and say, God, I need help in this area, this is somewhere that I'm, I'm lacking in, this is somewhere I want to be better, not just for the kingdom, but for everyone else to experience you through me. He's the one that's going to be able to be like, okay, thank you for telling me I was waiting for you. You took a long time, but thank you that you're finally here, and he'll help you. So then after we do all of these things, after we really have the Holy Spirit work on us, what is in store for us as Christians? What does that look for us as we're walking in these things? So I want to take us to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. says, and it says, and to another, working of miracles, and to another, prophecy, foretelling of the future, speaking a new message from God to his people, to the people. Excuse me. And to another, discernment of spirits, the ability to distinguish sound and godly doctrine from the deceptive doctrine of man-made religions and cults to another various kind of unknown tongues and another interpretation of tongues. I really like this verse because it really shows that, yes, the Holy Spirit helps adjust our characters to be the, reflect the characters of Christ, the character traits of Christ, but it also shows that he gives gifts. There are a lot of people in the church that are kind of just coasting. They read the Bible, yes, they praise God, yes, they pray, yes, they fast, yes, they do communion, yes, they play instruments, yes, they sing, yes, they come up here and preach once a week, yes, but how are you putting that that life into people? Like, these are gifts that the Holy Spirit is going, that has for all of us. He wants all of us to have One, if not all of these. Because these are different ways that we bring forth the kingdom on earth. There are people who God wants to be able to speak in tongues, but they can't. But why is that? The Holy Spirit is looking for who's going to make themselves available to be used. I think it says um, in the New Testament, it says that God gives seed to the sower. He doesn't give seed to the people who think they're gonna sow next year, or the people who are wanting to sow but they're not really sure if they really want to do what the Lord's telling them to do. They're having to deliberate. They, they need time. He's giving. He's looking for the people who are actively seeking Him, who are opening themselves up to be used in this way, because He has the ability to give them to anyone. He'll give you all of these, and one day, if He really wants to, but a lot of people don't make themselves available to the holy spirit to give them these things there are people sitting in this room right now who have the ability to lay hands on people and they're healed immediately of things that doctors have told them that will never be that they have to live with like this is the this is the same jesus that lives in us that was healing the blind making the people that were lame to walk he was the one healing people of diseases that they had for 12 12- Thank you for listening to another message. God's blessing be with you now and forever. For counseling, email trem at tremusa.org. Remain blessed.